Today, I'm joined by Greg St. Jean, assistant coach for the Dallas Mavericks. We talk about, gosh, everything that's uh, happened this offseason. We talk about his time with the Lakers. We talk about the Hustle movie on Netflix. Uh, it's one of my favorite interviews we've had on the, the show for a while. So tune in. Stay here. Coming up next on Lockdown Mavs. And this is Lockdown Mavericks Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome to Lockdown Mavs. This is one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris, one half of Lockdown Mavs, contributor to Mavs.com. And uh today I'm joined by Greg St. Jean. He's an assistant coach uh for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, he came over from uh the Lakers, uh, I guess last summer uh with, with Jason Kidd. Uh, from the Lakers and uh yeah first time I met uh Greg he, he it was at the intro presser for uh, Jason Kidd and uh, it was him and Sean Sweeney sitting over on the front row uh just introduced himself and welcomed him to Dallas and they were both super nice uh then and so yeah just got to uh connect uh with with St. Jean uh, today you know it's a, a good what 25 minute pod interview uh he's out in LA it, it he was obviously in the the hustle movie on netflix which uh was a lot of fun i'm sure a lot of you guys uh, have watched it uh, i know uh, i watched it with my wife and she enjoyed it and it was actually it was really good you know and so um anyway he makes a, a small appearance in that but we we kind of just talk about just this past season and uh, you kind of get a coach's perspective of the culture that they're trying to build with this Mavs team and what that looks like and what they're uh, one of the questions I ask him later on in the pod is what are you trying to carry over from this past season into next season? Uh, what do you, uh, what do you want to change or get better at from last year into this year? So um, it, it's cool to hear that. I asked him about something in the locker room uh, that uh, asked him a story uh, behind something, uh, an artifact. Uh, you'll hear about it. Uh, and I thought that was uh was pretty cool. Talked about the additions of uh, Christian Wood, uh, JaVel McGee, him being out in LA, uh, working out with uh, JaVel and Spencer and stuff. But he talks about McGee. We talk about Christian Wood, obviously losing uh, Brunson. Uh, we kind of talk about, I asked him just straight up. I'm like, Hey, what, what do you say to fans, including myself, uh, that say uh, this team needs another ball handler uh, creator on the team. And uh, he answers that. And, uh, yeah, and obviously I asked him about uh, the Hustle movie, and uh, that's towards the end, just a few questions at the end that I just thought was fun. And it's like, hey, what's Adam Sandler like? What was your favorite part of this movie and being in a movie like that? But he's awesome. He's a blast to talk to. So hopefully uh, you guys, uh, Mass fans, will enjoy uh, hearing from him. So let me shut up, and let's uh, just get to conversation. Greg St. Jean, assistant coach for the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, I'm here with Greg. Greg, I the other day I said it's, it's the summer of Saint Jean because, I mean, your summer has been the the hustle movie on Netflix, um, a a promotion on on the bench, uh, for for the Mavs, your haircuts always just looking immaculate, and I mean you're coaching summer league. Just is this the summer of Saint Jean, and also has there been another summer in your life that has stacked up to this summer? 
Well, you know what? Uh, you guys can label it that. That's not what I'm going to label it as. Uh, and I'm actually ready for the summer of St. Jean to wind down and get back to work. So uh, all those things you're bringing up, it's been it's been an awesome summer and, and been a lot of fun, obviously, on and off the court. Um, but, you know, now it's time to get back to work. And, and I can tell you with a lot of confidence that um, last last summer for me, I actually enjoyed maybe more than this one. Uh, joining Jay Kidd out here and um, trying to start establishing our culture in year one. So uh, even though this one might have a little bit more paparazzi involved with it, uh, I actually enjoyed last summer more, but I'm looking forward to the year. A little more uh, red carpets in the in this this summer for you. Yeah, there's a little bit more a uh, little more glitz and glamour to this one. I, I get a pretty hard time from from some other staff members about that. So I'm ready for that to shut down and let's let's keep it rolling. Let, let's go back to last summer. What was that, the first call from Jason Kidd? What, what was that conversation like about you coming over to Dallas? Well, I, I think Jason and I had talked, obviously, working together with the Lakers. Um, There's a couple other opportunities that he may have had with some other teams, and we had had some discussions about potentially working together, um, you know, wherever he would end up. But specifically with the Mavericks, that was something that was really intriguing to me. Um, specifically for, for Jason, having such a great, understanding and, and relationship with both Mark, um, Dirk, as well as, as Finn and Nico. So it just was just a, a really good fit um, for him personally. And that was exciting for me personally. Um, when your head coach feels comfortable with those who's going to be around him and work with every single day, um, it creates a really good work environment. So um, the conversations I had with him were obviously great. And uh, we, we talked a lot about trying to come in and lay a foundation and, and start building the culture um, piece by piece. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, I felt really good about Jason's vision, no matter where he was going to go, but with Dallas particularly and the type of impact he could have on Luca, um, as well as our other players, it was a no brainer for me to, to join him. That foundation of this new culture being established year one, how hard is it to establish a culture in, in a year one? And what, what's the, what are you, what's the definition of that culture? Like what's the key components of that first year culture? Well, I, I think from a, a standards standpoint, you have to get to know your team. I think, you know, one thing you're looking to do uh, is create the best combination of what you think should be the standard of their culture, but also what's the best for that particular group of men. Um, and that's something that I think uh, Nico and Jason have done a really good job is, is finding that happy medium between what's best for the players, but also what's best for the long term growth of the organization. Um, and last year, you know, for that particular team, we took, took a lot of focus on, you know, two words that were chemistry and accountability. Um, and that was going to be our, our laying foundation to build for that group. Next year's team is going to be different. We're going to build off of what we did this year, um, but at the same time, make a shift and, and properly figure out the, the next steps that need to be taken to have us continually build towards um, our ultimate goal. Awesome. I was in the... Uh... I was in the locker room the other day filming some stuff uh, with Mavs.com and I saw a football helmet up on the on the wall. What's can you share the story behind the football helmet, the Mavs football helmet? Yeah. So our uh, our equipment manager, Corey, uh, collects football helmets um, and it's actually pretty cool in his equipment room. He's got a bunch of them. Him and his assistant, JT, they've got a, uh, football helmets from different uh, colleges that players played at. Um, so. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith got them a Florida helmet, and they've got a bunch of different ones up all over their equipment room. And um, 
one of the things that, that we ended up doing was was getting a football helmet for the locker room for that particular team. And you've seen this at different different schools. They'll put up stickers for the amount of wins or tackles or whatever. And midway through the year, we presented that and had that be a, a kind of reminder um, for us. And, and anytime we won, we were able to add a sticker to it. And eventually, you know, there was the idea that, hey, if you were to end up winning a championship, uh, you'd have a golden helmet up there. Right. And that would be a reminder for us of what we're looking to pursue. Um, but at the same time, it was just a, it was a, it was a cool thing in the middle of the season that our, our equipment manager put together and and Jason was fully supportive of it. And it became something that we uh, we were built, you know, built to support. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, let's go to Summer League real quick. You you coached the first game of Summer League, obviously, Jaden Hardy uh, draft pick you know, for the Mavs this, this summer for him specifically. It felt like, and obviously tell me if I'm wrong, it felt like he had um, different kind of objectives at game to game in, in the summer league. Like, hey, he drove, you know, early on in the first game, getting to the basket. Maybe he's passing more here, being more aggressive here. How do you coach a guy like that? And did he have different game plans, different objectives of just, hey, we want to focus on this, this game, this, another game? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's some levels to, to what we were trying to accomplish with Jaden. Um, we were not trying to play chess. There was no, you know, uh, secret formula that we were looking to, to throw out there and have him in game one, play off the ball and in game two, split it in game three, play on the ball. Um, a lot of it though, was putting him in a lot of different situations, um, for a healthy level of exposure. So then we can watch the film with him. I think as you go, you can get more detailed with him. We kept a simple game plan in game one for him. Um, and kept a limited level of playbook. Um, as you saw, the ball was not in his hands as a primary ball handler for most of that game. Then later in the game, we tried to put him in a situation where we did give him the basketball to see what would happen. But game to game as that went, and obviously we had different coaches, um, but our messaging was the same. There, there was no tricks that were being played, and there was no um, reverse psychology to try try to have him be put in, in, in uncomfortable situations to expose him. Everything was healthy exposure. So, you know, at the end of the day, our goal with Jaden was to, to put him in situations where he can then comfortably afterwards sit there and say, hey, I need to improve at this. This was a good amount of success I had in this area. Now I need to try to see if I can replicate that and do that again in game two, replicate that and see if I can do it in game three. So, um, my long-winded answer for you there is we are looking to build winning habits uh, mm -hmm. with Jaden Hardy. Um, and we felt like there was an intent on both ends of the floor for him to just get a good taste of what it means to be a Maverick, what our expectation levels are going to be from him. And at the end of the day, um, gaining continuity with the Summer League team is not easy. Uh, you're just learning how to play with guys. Um, with our particular roster we had, uh, Jaden was one of the only guys who could create an advantage where with our regular roster with Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, with Luca, Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, Jaden will be playing off of others quite a bit. So he was put in some difficult situations, but I think it also is, is a good thing for him. And at the end of the day, it was a, a really good experience and we were really happy with what we saw. You know, some people could say he had a great game one and didn't have a great game after that, but we're not looking at it like that. We're looking at being able to build habits and then figure out ways that we can improve and get him ready for training camp 
so then he could come in with the real Mavericks team and feel comfortable with what we're doing on both sides of the basketball. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports Wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, and it remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcast news this season. It's the fastest and easiest way to check on in all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. You mentioned Christian Wood a little bit ago. Obviously, losing Jalen Brunson, you added two guys in Christian Wood and JaVale McGee in the front court. How do you see those guys playing together, whether starting or Christian Wood's coming off the bench or JaVale starting, all of that? You know, I think Jason said in Vegas that JaVale's the starter as far as the, you know, at, at the five. How do you see the two playing together? How do you see the opportunity for Christian Wood to come off the bench and provide offense? Yeah, just the, the big man tandem there. Well, I think one thing that we did look to address in the offseason was fortifying our, our front court. And I think those two guys both, you know, will will be great additions for us, both individually and collectively, um, whether they're playing separately or together. They have different basketball games. Right. So they're not the exact same player. Uh, we're fortunate enough. We, we have good familiarity with JaVale. Um, and when I say that, Jared Dudley, uh, Coach Kidd, myself and then our new assistant coach, Quentin Crawford. We all worked with with JaVale in L.A., and we know what he can bring to a team um, from a culture standpoint, but then offensively, obviously, can put pressure on the rim, whether it's through rolling, uh, rim running, or offensive rebounding. Defensively, obviously, his rim protection and ability to anchor a defense is, is, is critical. Um, but from a familiarity standpoint for him, we run a very, very similar defensive system to what we ran with the Lakers. So he's coming in and already knowing our terminology. So we think he can hit the ground running and feel really comfortable with what he can bring to the table. Um, and then as far as Christian Wood, I think it's the, it's very obvious that he's extremely talented. We've had our chance to work with Christian now the last couple of weeks after uh, he was traded and, and met us out in Las Vegas and spent some time with him. And I know he's excited about his opportunity to be with us. And one thing that's been a common word that he's used is he's excited to win. Um, he's been in Houston the last couple of years and now a little change of scenery, I think will be good for him. And at the end of the day, whether who starts, who comes off the bench, uh, we're not going to be a finished product. The first day of camp, we're not going to be a finished product, you know, 30 games into the year. I think, you know, as you've seen coach kids willing to, to change lineups and change combinations. Um, and he's used the phrase dress rehearsal at the end of the day, we're going to try to figure out the best combinations we can for this group to then be successful long-term. You look at that that Lakers team that won the title, you know, Anthony Davis, he played with a decent amount of centers on that team, having this kind of if you want to say too too big lineup. Are you are you gonna carry any of that over? Like, hey, I can't we kind of seen how what it looks like if we want to put JaVel and Christian on the wood on the floor together to where you can carry some of that over from LA. Yeah, I think there's gonna be a time and place for that, depending on kind of matchups. You look at a team you're gonna play against Minnesota who's now got Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, it's nice to be able to have the versatility to play multiple bigs at the same time. You know, we're blessed that we love Maxi Kleba and somebody who can play and guard both positions. Um, and you've seen us kind of downsize and you've seen us play big at times as well. So um, Jason's not afraid to do that. And that's something that I think makes him a great coach is he's courageous. Um, he's not afraid to, to change lineups and, and figure out what works. But one thing we did take from, from our LA experience um, this past year was very impressive that 
we did have a, a top 10 defense without having elite level rim protection, um, which is kind of rare uh, with the team that doesn't really switch at a high volume. We don't really switch as much as maybe the common NBA team based on our size. But with the Lakers having uh, the number one defense in the NBA and the number two defense in back to back years for us, a lot of that had to do with our rim protection and size that we had naturally. So um, that's something that we do value on the defensive end. And then offensively, um, we're more than capable of being able to, to move the pieces around to make sure we have proper spacing for Luca and, and our other ball handlers. So I, like you said, I think it's going to be a fun experiment to play with this group and, and see at the end of the day, yes, we are going to be a big team, um, which naturally helps our defense, but that doesn't mean that being a big team is going to hurt your offense. We could put some more pressure on the rim uh, with our offensive rebounding. And there's some things we can do to, to make this look like a pretty good product on both ends of the floor. And losing Jalen Brunson, uh, a natural ball handler, point guard, you know, in the, in the rotation there. If what would you say to the fan, myself included, that says, "Hey, are they, you know, are they lacking like ball handling now? Is is Luca and Spencer enough to create and run the offense, or is are there other people on the roster you're looking at and saying, "Hey, you're overlooking this guy that can also handle the ball too and run the offense." Yeah, so I think that's a great question. We're not going to be able to replace Jalen Brunson's skill set with our current roster, um, but you've heard people say, how are they going to replace his, his ability to score, right? And so one thing that we often talk about is we have another quote-unquote free agent that we signed, and that's Tim Hardaway. Um, Tim Hardaway did not play in the playoffs for us. Tim Hardaway barely played with Spencer Dinwiddie, um, and although he's not a lead guard ball-in-hand player, he is somebody who can create offense, you can run stuff for, um, and can put the ball in the basket and create a problem for a defense. So I bring uh, Tim up because he gets overlooked quite a bit um, and is going to be an important piece of what we do and has obviously had a great career thus far, and he's he's working his way back to health and has had a great summer thus far. So I bring him up because he's normally the first person that gets dismissed. Uh, you hear that we lose Jalen Brunson, but you forget that you have a, a dynamic scorer um, in, in the wings waiting. Um, but at the same time, I think you brought it up, the idea of, of who do we have on the roster. It, there's a level of having some, some comfort in playing by committee as well. Um, we have some good athletic young guards in Frank Tilakina, who played playoff minutes for us, who at times in his career has initiated offense, but maybe not been the primary creator. He can bring the basketball up um, and then play through a Christian Wood. He can bring the basketball up and then run a pin down for Tim Hardaway. Um, he can run a pick and pop with Maxi and be able to play with that second unit. So we feel comfortable with that. Um, and then Josh Green's improving his ball handling and somebody that over time uh, is somebody we feel comfortable playing with the basketball in hand. Uh, and then obviously Jaden Hardy, right? So we do have a, a comfortable number of guards. Um, is there going to be a singular Jalen Brunson replacement? Absolutely not. That guy, you know, had an incredible year for us and, and did so much for us. But our team's going to be different this year, and it's going to be, you know, by committee, I think, at that guard position. But also you'll see very rarely us having a situation where we don't have one of Spencer Dinwiddie or Luka Doncic on the floor. Um, yeah. So that's something that we do feel comfortable about putting good lineups out there that can complement each other, but still having the ability to, to um, put the defense uh, in a bad way with our offensive firepower. This one might be kind of a harder question to hear, but. If there's if you could pick one player that you're like, hey, I think you'll see the biggest growth in this player from last year to next year, who would you say? 
That's a great question. I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that's from everybody. Um, but you know, the guy who I, I'm intrigued to see, and I don't know if it's gonna to come from a, a statistical standpoint or an efficiency standpoint, but I do think people forget that Spencer Dinwiddie was coming off an ACL injury last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Spencer Dinwiddie got traded towards to us in the middle of the season. So he's somebody I think uh, as the year progressed, got more and more comfortable with what we were looking to do um, within our system on both ends of the floor. I'm excited for him. I think, you know, having an off season where he can work on his game uh, and continue to work on his body is only going to make him a, a more consistent player for us. So he's somebody that I'm excited about uh, this next year. And, when I say take a step in the right direction, it doesn't mean statistically. It's just more from a consistency and more from how does he feel every single day uh, within our schemes, both defensively and offensively. I'm excited for him. Double edge question here: what What are you looking for as far as like style? I mean, you can you can use culture. You can't say defense. That can't be the answer because that's obviously something you want to carry over, but. What is something that you want to carry over from last year? And what is something that you want to get better at or change from last year to next year? Well, I think you you said the word culture and, you know, coach Jason obviously got uh, quite a bit uh, of commentary about it during the playoffs, but I think it was very obvious to the common fan that we had a strong culture last year with our bench. um, And obviously there were some fines and things like that, but you could see a group of men supporting each other. Um, and all uh, buying into a common goal and holding each other accountable and creating that chemistry. Like I said, this group coming into next year, uh, how do we create that, but create it more uniquely for this group, more so than just carrying over from last year, right? And figuring out in training camp, um, how are we going to be able to to create our best uh, chemistry amongst the group? So that's something we're going to look to carry over from last year. And from an improvement standpoint, Um, I think year one is always really difficult because, uh, you know, we set the bar high this past year. And I think it's important to to continue to remember that last year. And I use the term overachieve and some people get upset when I use that. But um, at the end of the day, we're still in the foundation building of this thing. Um, We're looking to to build a a true program um, and a sustainable team uh, where, you know, the core pieces are able to stick together as best we can. Um, so next year, we're going to look to improve in a lot of different areas. Um, but I think one of the things that is always going to, you know, you said I'm not allowed to say defense, but <laughs> that's going to be something we're going to continue to harp and push. And it's going to be hard to be better than we were last year. Um, but we do believe we can do that. And I think offensively, one thing you'll see um, that I, I believe is going to be better is I think we're going to shoot the basketball better um, overall. I thought we had a rough start to the season. Um, and as you could see later in the year, um, we did shoot the ball at a high clip. Um, And that was something that was pretty impressive to see in the playoffs, our guys be able to perform like that. And I think there will be some carryover um, from the playoffs and the level of detail that went into both offense and defensive game planning. So when are the Mavs signing Bo Cruz? Ooh, are we talking the real Bo Cruz? (laughs) The real real Bo Cruz. Let me, I got to ask you about hustle. I mean, Incre- incredible movie my wife and i watched it she loved the movie i was like let's go I, it was a it was a really fun movie and obviously you popped up on the screen i was like oh it's greg <laughs> there's greg right there um how just how did the movie come to be what was your favorite you know bigger question what was your favorite part of the whole process 
So, you know, when I was working with the Lakers in 2019, uh, LeBron and Spring Hill Entertainment, which is the company, his company, they co-produced the movie with with Happy Madison, uh, which is uh, Adam Sandler's production company. And as that was going on, um, when they decided to do an NBA movie and, and do a basketball movie in general, um, somebody from LeBron's group actually reached out and, and asked if I would be a script advisor to just look at the authenticity level of the script and be able to ask some questions and have some back and forth with the writers. And as that progressed uh, and that relationship built, actually COVID hit and uh, they stopped producing the movie. They stopped filming it. And once it started back up, uh, some of the people I'd create a relationship with said, Hey, we're going to be doing a, a combine scene. Do you have any coaches that you think would be good to, to have be in it? Um, one month later, I actually coached in the combine. Uh, last summer, I coached in the combine and then I got called by that same group again and said, hey, we'd rather have you do this than anybody else. Would you like to be in the movie? I said, guys, I've never acted before. I don't think this is a great idea. Uh, let's, you know, you can go grab somebody else or grab a professional. And they said, no, we need you to be in the movie. And uh, long story short, I flew out there in September um, of this past year, right before our training camp started. And I uh, was able to spend four days in Philadelphia and, and film out there. And it was just an amazing experience. Um, I've never been on a movie set before and really never been a part of that uh, industry. And I was just blown away by the, the efficiency, the communication lines, um, the amount of people that go into filming a five second scene and how long it takes. Um, and just the, the quality of people that were working for both Spring Hill and Happy Madison um, they were on day, don't quote me, something around 80 shooting. Um, they're 7 a.m. to to 9 p.m. shooting, and they're on their feet all day, and they're carrying cameras around. But their positivity and level of joy in, in everything they were doing was nothing but contagious. And it actually inspired me to come back to our training camp with a, a more positive attitude. Um, so that whole experience was incredible. Um, then going to the premiere um, and take my mother as my date, which was great, uh, which was a lot of fun. That was out here in LA right after our season ended. So, um, the whole experience was fantastic and I had nothing but good things to say about it. I think my acting career is probably over, but I won't shut the door on that just yet. I would say, I, I mean, we'll see if, you know, you get nominated and best supporting actor possibly, and we'll see how, we'll see how it rolls. How was Adam Sandler? Did you get the medium and how's he in person? He, he was fantastic. Um, one thing that I could say about him um, that was just super unique was how special he made everybody feel. Um, his presence um, as a leader, right? And that's, you know, he's part of the production group there. He's the star of the movie. Um, you wouldn't know if he was the seventh cameraman or if he was part of the hair group um, as an understudy. He just had a special way about him interacting with everybody on set um, and made people feel really important and really valued. And, and that was something that stood out to me. And, and Coach Kidd has that ability too, um, being like a natural point guard and setting people up for success. And it just kind of reminded me of, of that. And um, Sandler was, was fantastic. Off camera, he was hilarious, uh, making jokes and talking in his voice uh, that you saw so you know, routinely in Billy Madison and 
uh, happy Gilmore. And like, he just really has a great way about him. And I have nothing but good things to say about him. That's awesome. All right. I won't keep you uh, any longer. Appreciate it, Greg. You're awesome. And uh, can't wait to see uh, the Mavs coming up next season. Isaac, thanks for having me, man. See ya.